1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour of street hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now.
2: Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio, episode 172. Bag Milk here, Tyler, Dan, and Coombsy sitting in for Rick. We're back in our houses, boys, for the first time in a bit. We are back on Zoom. Thank you, Omicron, for your additions to the Christmas season. Unwelcomed. <laughs> Unwelcomed. All right. We're... The two days I spent in the office were really fun.
3: I really enjoyed it. I'll never forget those memories. I'll see you guys in 2025.
2: <laughs> yeah. I so had two days. So Cam came back in from Ontario for Christmas. Dan was away in Halifax. He came back boys back in the office, a couple of days, and we're shut down again.
3: So it was like nine of us in there that one day. That was really fun.
2: There was good energy in there. It was it was fun to have life in the office again and just be able to yell shit at each other. And it was thanks, not easy oh getting God.
3: stuff done, though. I will say, if if if
2: anything's going to yes. make me more productive, it's being back at home. I could not focus in the office. Yes, yeah, that is a problem. I noticed that too, but it's a fun problem to have, I guess. But we're back on Zoom. Tyler's back in his chair. He's not listening. Dan is blurred in the back. Let's get to it. Tyler, as we do every week, we start off with a delicious debate for our friends at Oodle Noodle. What do you got for us today?
0: It's uh, almost the Christmas season or it is the Christmas season. It's almost Christmas. Hence why we're recording early. Uh, Hold so on Tyler.
1: Do you have all your Christmas gifts purchased?
0: Ooh, yes. Good question. I finished them up like, an okay. hour. I pretty much got home an hour ago. I'm good. Okay. All
1: right. So that's why you still say it's the start of the Christmas season because now you're feeling great. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Um, Cam, that's so distracting. <laughs> Cam is a bandito.
3: Let right, me to take it off. I um. We're, since we're back on Zoom and this is how the ADHD yeah. works on Zoom is I'm I'm going I'm going through all the video filters to go on my face. Just uh, all
0: right. I like Oodle noodle delicious. Oodle noodle <laughs> delicious debate. Christmas theme. Christmas edition. If you could give the Oilers one thing for Christmas, what would you give them?
2: If you are going to give the Edmonton Oilers one thing for Christmas, what would you give them? Uh, who wants to kick it off? Dan, you're staring at me. You may not be, but it looks like it from Zoom. That's fair. Uh,
1: yeah, I think if like, is it, I guess it's just your interpretation, whether it's a, you know, it's a skill or it's an item, or I would give this team uh a solidified goaltending position. Uh, you know, whether that's Skinner, whether that's Smith, whoever it is, I'd give this team some solid goaltending to be able to count on down the stretch.
2: A little bit of goaltending for Dan Coombsy, the bandito. What do you got on your Oilers Christmas wish list?
3: I would, I would give them, um, I guess I'm partially inspired here by Dan's post on social media. He got his wacky custom Jersey made from Lord knows where and uh, I think the Oilers need a new throwback jersey. I actually, when they first came out with the dark blue and the orange tinted ones, I thought they were horrible but when they actually wore them on the ice, they looked pretty good. But I do think the Oilers should add into their arsenal of jerseys and I'm a more jerseys, the merrier kind of guy the metallic sperm comet Todd McFarlane jersey in Mm -hmm. like a new Adidas way. But but unlike what Dan did, I wouldn't include the orange. I would just do exactly what they had pure silver and, and
2: navy blue. I like that, Tyler. What are you giving the Oilers for Christmas?
0: Um, piggybacking off Cam's thing, um, I would love to see another throwback jersey, but I would like it to just be the reverse retros being worn more often because I think those were great. I do not think they need to resurrect the Todd McFarlane thing. I think it's why um, I don't like it. We've because
3: been over you this. Weren't even, you weren't even born when they were. <laughs> you, don't care. you don't have like
2: you, don't, it. you don't have any
3: memories with those
2: jerseys. No, I'm going to be distracted by Coombsy because he's got a pretty little flower in his hair.
0: I know this is going to be awful for the podcast, but it's hilarious. Um, Anyways, if I could give the Oilers one thing for Christmas, I would give them another quality left shot defenseman. I was deciding between a few things in my head there, but that's what I would do if they had a guy, you know, doesn't have to be Jacob chicken could be any sort of quality left-handed defenseman, put him on the left side. It would push down Duncan Keith a little bit, make his minutes a little bit more manageable, make it so you don't have to play Darnell. And there's 28 minutes a night. Sometimes everything would be better with another left shot defenseman.
2: I can't
1: believe you didn't go with Trevor egress there.
2: Or Ricard Raquel, actually.
1: Or, yeah, sorry. That's what what I I want for
0: Christmas, not what the Ah. Oilers need. Well, they do need Ricard Raquel, actually.
2: Uh, If I'm looking at the Oilers and a Christmas list and I have the power to give them something as if I am jolly old St. Nick, Father Christmas, and I get to do as I wish, I'm going to say a variant-free 2022, huh? How's that? Right now we got... the regular old coronavirus? any of the variants, any of the new flavors, any of the spinoffs, we don't want uh, the walking dead or fear the walking dead or talking dead for that matter. So I'm going to say a variant and COVID free 2022. Again, I don't know how you know realistic that is because I was looking at what I wrote some of the stuff leading up to Christmas last year. Mm. Uh, it's a real bummer to be back in the same spot a year later, but here we are anyway. I would also say, I would give them cap flexibility. How that happens, I don't know. They're going to need Ken Holland to get a little bit more creative than he historically has been. So I don't, I don't know which is least realistic. The others finding a way to clear up some cap space for themselves or a variant free twenty twenty two, or
1: they could just hack the league computers mm-hmm. and just bump their number up a little bit higher.
2: Yeah, or like uh, some kind of Fight Club situation where they have. Uh, hmm, like, they after they reset everything at zero? I don't know how you do that. Project Mayhem. thing.
1: Uh, a pro- that's, a project that's, Mal- that happens in that's the mirror, year 2000, I think, Big Milk.
2: So it could be like in
3: Mr. Robot. Uh,
1: year 3000, I guess, now.
3: Yeah, they're, 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 that TV showing up. And then all the cat are erased, and they start from scratch. That'd be great, actually, if we had another lockout. And... <laughs> he just just wish for a lockout for his Christmas. I don't know. Like it was exciting when you when we came out of two thousand four or five lockout and everything was brand new. So why not? Let's just have a full year lockout and come back with a very different, weird leak. Maybe do like a fantasy draft or something, and everyone gets new
2: players. You can't get enough lockouts because you're already living through the baseball
3: one. So you want to add another one? So good for you. I want to. I want everyone to have a lockout. If I have to deal with a baseball lockout, then we have to have a hockey one too.
2: I also want you. This is just a personal Christmas wish list. I think. Coombsy needs to pivot to a circle glasses guy. Now with the new filter, he's got like a John Lennon look going on. I kind of like this as a permanent look for you. Maybe you could be a sunglasses yeah, like side guy. Actually, this is a, Oh yeah. That'd be good. Maybe I should become a transitions lenses guy.
0: Real Bob McCowan vibes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I would love to see you in transition lenses. Maybe my next pair of glasses. That's what I'll get. Everybody it's
1: hard it. not to look at them and wonder what is it like to be wearing those glasses, Koom, but you can't see any of the shades.
3: Yeah, I yeah, know. Like, it's I'm not. I'm, yeah, I'm not getting any shade here. That's why I think the transition lens is the way to go.
2: I think it'd be really nice. Uh, if you're listening to this right now, I want to know what's on your or there's wish list. So hit us up at ON Radio Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you had the power, if you were Santa, if you had the big red suit and you're sliding down the chimney and you got to bestow them with a gift, what would it be? I want to know. So, so far, we've got some cap space. We've got no COVID. We've got this uh, left handed defenseman. I would also add consistent depth scoring to my Christmas wish list. It's been very nice over the last three games that the others were able to play that they had players in the bottom six chipping in with a goal or two. It's nice. I like that. Some more of that, please. Tyler, you're pondering.
0: Yeah, I was uh, thinking because Caroline and I are going to do a little live thing tomorrow across all our social media channels. And one of the things we're going to talk about is our biggest disappointment through the first 30 games of the season. And for me, it's that it's the lack of depth scoring. Like we came into the year so excited yep. that we were finally going to have this bottom six that could score in the first few games of the Ryan Cassie and McLeod line was like, all right, like they're going to be able to find the back of the net. Like the Oilers are going to not have to rely on McDavid and dry settle every night. And it just, that hasn't been the case at all. And we're left here once again, like we were for the last couple of seasons going, ah, need to find ways to get offense from not McDavid and not dry settle.
2: It's weird how that's like an evergreen problem. Hey, I want to ask you since you brought it up, this has been going on on the website in the comment section on Oilers Nation socials a little bit. Is this Glenn Gullitson or are the Oilers just getting a little bit lucky, Tyler? Oh,
0: I hate that shit. That that's drives I'm asking. Me, It drives me nuts, man. Like, <laughs> I just, if the Oilers would have lost those last two games, would the same people be sitting there being like, boy, they need Dave Tippett back? Like, they clearly can't win without him. But Tippett goes away for two games. They start playing a little bit better. And people are like, oh, look, Warren Fogle is scoring because Dave Tippett's not there. It's like, no, you donkeys. Warren Fogel's scoring because he's playing with Connor McDavid for the first time this season. He's not scoring because Dave Tippett isn't behind the bench. That doesn't even make any fucking sense. Sometimes I feel like.
3: Who put Warren Fogle with Connor McDavid? Tyler.
0: The injuries and the COVID protocol players. That's the only reason he's there. Well, (laughs) Jim
3: Gollinson had to do it maybe Dave Tippett wouldn't have.
0: No, it's such a fucking annoying (laughs) argument. Like they're obviously not winning because Dave Tippett's not there. I just think that's so ridiculous. They went nine and one to start the year with Dave Tippett behind the bench. Oh, it's unsustainable. Yeah, I agree. It was unsustainable. We clearly saw that it was unsustainable, but they didn't beat Seattle and Columbus because Dave Tippett wasn't there. And Glenn Gulletson was like Seattle and Columbus
1: are bad. The Oilers should have beaten the shit out of them.
2: Cam, do you think Glenn Gulletson gets any credit or Cam or Dan, either you jump in? I was just going to say,
1: yeah, I was just going to say your friend low tide uh, last night tweeted out that Edmonton is 14 and six when Duncan Keith is in the lineup and they are only four and five without him. So I think that settles the debate between Duncan Keith and Darnell nurse.
0: There's a debate between the two of them.
1: (laughs) Well, I I think there has to be now because this proves it that if the Oilers are actually 14 and six with Duncan Keith in the lineup. Yeah, I, I agree with Tyler. It's just it's it's goofy to do this. Unless unless, there's situations that you can point to and you can say, okay, like, you know, the coach misses one game and it's nine to one for that team. Like that's a, that's a statement from that team. But yeah, I don't really think that, Anybody can look at any of these performances and say, like, you can't say that Bruce Boudreau has created everything he's created in Vancouver. It's just these changes allow for different roles to be played and guys to feel like they can do more stuff like Warren Vogel for a perfect example of somebody that, you know, has benefited from this COVID issue.
0: And also, it's not like the Oilers went out and they beat, you know, Minnesota, Colorado and Vegas. They beat Columbus and Seattle.
1: have six columbus blue jackets
0: jerseys damn right i do they're all sitting in the closet right there um i it's just they beat two bad teams that they're supposed to beat i'm not like heaping praise on the oilers for it well
3: people people have been critical of Tippett all year and as soon as he went into the covid protocol no matter what happened people were going to find a way to be like we're going to fuel the narrative that he needed to not be the coach even if they lost the two games it would have been like oh man like Dave Tippett from his isolated room is ruining the Oilers. It's just, people are going to say what they want to say. Like a good chunk of people here have just made up their mind that he's the scapegoat and it's just not going to change. I would never draw a conclusion off of two games, especially two games against, like you said, bad teams.
2: It's also important to remember that it's still Dave Tippett's systems that the team is playing. Yeah, It's not like the team changed their systems. And Columbus and the Seattle Kraken are bad. So there you go. I don't know. I don't expansion know. Teams, man. Columbus and Seattle
3: seem like they both came into the league this year. Like the blue jackets seem like they came into the league this year. They have that energy. Tyler, why do you have six blue jackets? That's weird.
0: Cause I love them. Why? I don't know. Was, I it's, I, I've told the story before on podcast, so we're not going to get it's it, it again, but I don't um, maybe I'll go throw one on here for the last half of the pod. I'll do the podcast in a Rick Nash Jersey.
3: Yeah, do it. Then I'll throw a Florida Panthers Jersey on.
2: I like to see that. I also like to see cam in a bowler hat. Coomzy's we're, we're developing some new looks for Coombsy here. He's got a bowler hat on right now, had the John Lennon glasses. Now he's going to get some kind of Florida Panthers Jersey. That, I didn't know cam had a Panthers Jersey. That's very odd to me, but I would, it comes is it a
1: Peter Worrell.
2: What do we got on the back of that thing? We're going to see, let's take some guesses before Cam sits down. Who's on the back of the Cam's Jersey.
1: Oh, it's 68. Oh. I know who that is. I'll go. who did Warrell. I went Mike to Hoffman. Uh,
3: I went to a panthers game when i was down in florida for christmas usually my family goes down to florida for christmas and i went to a panthers game and got a Yarmer Yager jagger jersey
2: that's so random a christmas gift to myself <laughs> that's so sweet <laughs>
3: very random one of my one of my favorite memories actually is so i went i was in florida a little while after that and i was at a panthers game and there was it was after jagger had left i think he was it might have been the season he signed with calgary and he left and just was like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. But I was at a Panthers game and there was a guy wearing a college football jersey who was shouting at like everyone around, asking where Yarmir Yager was. <laughs> but I think
2: that he was saying the last name wrong. I think he was like, Where's Yarg? I love Yarg. Yarg. One of the, one of the best to ever do it. I love random jerseys at games because there's that tweet. I'm sure you guys all saw it. That tweet from this past week that was going around of just some dude with the uh showing the sports select jersey he found, where it's just oh. like, I'm only here for the gambling.
0: Oh, yeah, <laughs> Ryan Meyer, a uh, good old Ryan Meyer. I want to go buy that jersey, I just don't have it in me to drive to the south side of the city, but I want that sports select jersey.
2: It's so random. I'm just here for the gambling. I love it. All right. So there's your delicious debate for Oodle Noodle. What do you give in the team from Santa? Bunch of answers all over the place. I also turned into a conversation about Dave Tippett from his house, but whatever. Uh, Speaking of Oodle Noodle, if you got the DoorDash app, use the promo code Oodle2021. That'll get you $7 off your order of $30 or more. You can use that baby 10 times. Sitting in your house, not going anywhere, DoorDash. Might as well bring some nudes to your house. Got it? Good. Uh the obviously the biggest news from the week was that the NHL decided to shut it down until after Christmas. The others missed or missing 3 games, uh no crossing the border. So they had Anaheim was supposed to be here on Monday and then St. or then San Jose and uh LA I think were to finish up this week before the Christmas break. Not happening. Uh did you guys expect that? Did you see it coming cuz kind of just seemed like it was inevitable, no?
0: Yeah. Um, We talked last Friday on the show and I kind of said like, Oh, I don't want it to get shut down. Like you got to power through this, blah, blah, blah. But then it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And (laughs) as soon as like pool went on, it was kind of like, you know, Yeah, we need a break here. And I don't think the break's going to be as short as some think it is. Like there was talk. Oh, the always going to be playing on the 27th against Calgary. I doubt it. I have a funny feeling. We're not going to see much of anything going on until the new year, until after the winter classics. So uh, yeah, that's kind of my take on it here.
2: Well, I'm going to dive into your take a little bit more because you spend more time with Frank Ceravoli than all of us. What's he hearing in terms of coming back after Christmas? Is it just kind of business as usual as of today Wednesday, December 22nd at one thirty four p.m. Mountain Standard Time.
0: Yeah, I mean, things are always changing and evolving. I think I think the schedule is going to get moved around a lot. Um, we're hearing some stuff that for the Montreal Canadiens, they can't have fans in the building. There's talk about sending them on a road trip for a little bit so they can just play road games and then have a homestand. Later in the season, now that the NHLers are officially not going to the Olympics, I think there's a pretty good chance the Olympic break isn't taken away altogether, but it's certainly shortened by maybe seven to 10 days and they jam some more games in there. Building availabilities are going to be tough, but I really think like the schedule as we see it laid out right now is going to be very, very far off from the order in which these games actually get played. They're going to have to shift stuff around. I think teams like the Oilers and Flames might even go the same route as the Habs and say, hey, listen, listen keep us away from our rink for a little bit. We'll go on a road trip. We'll go play a couple games here, a couple games there, and crush a few more off the schedule so that maybe in February we can be back to 100% capacity.
2: Well, looking at the, I'm looking at the Oilers' schedule right now. They're actually... I mean, Monday's game was postponed, obviously, against the Ducks. That was supposed to be the actual the Oilers' last home game until January 8th. World so Juniors, up. yeah. They're out uh, for a little bit. World Juniors, obviously, here. We're going to talk about that in a sec. Cam, were you surprised to see the league go on post?
3: Really, I mean, it's the same sentiment that Tyler had. As I thought that they kind of should at least try to do things differently because, again, this is not going to randomly be over in five days. This doesn't seem to me like a five-day lockdown. Like it's only going to get more intense and more, you know, more bad, more bad. That's a terrible way of saying it. But with with Christmas, right? Like it's just going to pop off more, and they're going to come back from the pause, and it's going to be the same old, same old. I guess the one saving grace for the NHL is, as Frank Valley mentioned on Twitter, is that once you test positive, you don't have to be tested again for 90 days. So it almost seems like the NHL is just going to do like, like the, the, the most realistic course of action here. If they come back and, immediately, is everyone tests fucking positive, and then they don't get tested for three months. And then that's just how the season operates. Yeah, Otherwise, and, I'm not really sure, unless they make significant changes to the amount of testing they're doing, like the NBA and the NFL, but... It's not and going anywhere
0: on that topic. Like the NBA or the NFL is not going to test you if you're symptomatic or they're only going to test you if you're symptomatic, if you're asymptomatic, yeah. you're not going to be tested every day as long as you're vaccinated. The NHL doesn't have that luxury, right? The NHL has the border to deal with, which these yeah. other leagues NBA side don't have to deal with. Right. Um, but the problem is, and I believe it was Friedman who wrote about this in 32 thoughts is if you go and tell the American teams, Hey, you're asymptomatic players. If they're vaccinated. You don't need to test them. We're not going to do that. Okay. Well, the Canadian teams don't have the luxury of doing that because they got to go across the border and back all the time. That's a border issue. They can't, the NHL can't tell the Canadian teams, Hey, don't test your asymptomatic players because they got to get across the border. So then you'd be at a problem where the Canadian teams would be sitting there going, Well, hold up. So now our guys have a greater chance of going into COVID protocol. Even if we're playing an American team down in the States, because their guys don't have to test if they're asymptomatic, like it's a competitive balance issue at that point. Do you think- Do you think
3: the NHL has at all in their backup plans? Like, I I truly wonder the extent to which they came up with backup plans here because they always knew when they built the schedule, the Olympics might not happen. I mean, let's be real. If you didn't plan for that, then you just weren't thinking. But I wonder if they planned for this kind of thing where there could be like a large discrepancy between the Canadian and the American teams. And if there was any thought to a mid-season bring back of the Canadian division.
0: I just don't see how it's realistic. Like, you can't just you can't just take these first 30 games and be like, well, they don't really matter.
3: Psych. Well, you can because half the teams in the league make the playoffs. So, Like, I mean, let's be real. The season's already too long. It doesn't matter that much. Could you not just bring the Canadian division back after Christmas? Why not? Is it that hard? I don't think you can bring games left.
0: I don't think, I think you might be onto something, but I don't think you can bring back the Canadian division in terms of like playoff implications. I think what you could maybe do is take a few games and say like, When was Edmonton Edmonton supposed to go play Tampa Bay, Florida, and whoever? Okay, well, how about you scratch those and you make them a second matchup against Toronto and a second matchup against Ottawa? And you just got to go play those two teams and you wipe. And in that time, Tampa Bay and Florida, instead of playing Edmonton, they just have LA roll through town for a second trip. Like, maybe you can mess around with the schedule that way.
3: Do all Canada versus Canada games in January, February, and hope it gets better in March. That's what I think honestly makes sense.
1: Uh, Yeah, maybe. Um, (laughs) I, th- I think there's two parts to it. I think right now we, you're probably looking at the league sitting down and they're restructuring an entire schedule. I think that they're, they're probably having to rebuild the entire schedule because they got to work with all of the arenas. Um, but I think that the second piece, and this is kind of, I think it's hard now that we're two years into this to, to remember, but like the data is being collected and the data is being amassed as we speak. Right. And, and so When we see a change in the US, often we've then followed up and seen that change trickle up to Canada at some point. So I think that, I think that like, it's harder it's harder for us, you know, sitting at home now we're we're back in another lockdown. I think it's harder for us to to kind of look at that positively. But to me, I think that this is probably going to be an extended break until we see this Omicron variant kind of play out its entire entire stretch here. And then and then they'll be adjusting to things. But I, I believe that that the Canadian government and the American government can kind of come together on those kinds of issues because because I think people recognize the importance of hockey here as, as well as, as just trying to kind of move forward with this very virus and the many variants that are going to happen since now.
2: I wonder if we're going to see the schedule just cut down from 82 games to X, you know, yeah. and just be like, well, we lost a month in the middle there, but we're back starting February 1st. I hope that's not the answer, obviously, but like, I, I, I do. I would love to know what's going on at NHL headquarters and how they're trying to I, figure this out.
0: I'd be you know, in favor problem. of that. I think I'd be in favor of that Begging milk. Like if you went to each team and said, hey, listen, this shit sucks. You got to scratch three home dates off your schedule. Every team will do that. Instead of an 82 game, we're playing 76 just to make the schedule a little bit less condensed. Because the other side of this, too, is if players come back. And we're having a schedule, you know, maybe along the lines of what we did for some stretches last year where the Oilers played like every second night. I don't want that leading up to the playoffs because I think it can hurt the quality of the playoffs we get. Yeah, it's
3: not that big of a deal if the schedule winds up being 72 games, right? Like, that's still so many games. I mean, like um, the way we're looking at it now, if they use the Olympic break to make up for three weeks loss in the middle of the year and doing 82 games and they want to make sure the off season is normal because that's the thing is they we haven't had a normal um, season calendar in like 3 years now they want the draft and free agency back on the the same days that they usually were i mean what you 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 you're, 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 you're going to want to avoid having six games played in eight nights like remember yeah. when last year when we had the Canucks making up all those games like it was a nightmare like nobody yep. wants to do that. It's insane. When,
0: when the playoffs were days. starting and Calgary still had to play Vancouver. Yeah. Like
3: <laughs> Calgary and the Canucks were still playing their makeup regular season games in August, like as free agents are <laughs> signing, it's like never ends. Right,
0: like, it wasn't, it, wasn't it like one o'clock in the afternoon, the day the Oilers playoff schedule started, they had like a Canucks flames yeah, game on, that meant nothing Holy on fuck.
2: the same day. Yep. It's insane. So it's going to be weird. Obviously, uh, nobody well expected this, but like nobody wanted this. But here we are, December twenty second, talking about readjusting the schedule because we got a bunch of teams that need to cross the border and it doesn't work with the regulations. I wonder how hard to or what concessions can be made if they just. First of all, Cam, this is a look. Now you got the bowler hat on and the bandito. You look like a cat bur- burglar. You we were going to hit the streets, stealing trinkets. Also, the the Panthers jersey just really ties everything together. But it's, just, it's weird, right? Like, I don't know. Are we going to end up with a 72-game schedule, a 60-game schedule, 65? We'll see. 100? 200, maybe? They but add more. <laughs> they we missed out on
3: the <laughs> Next season just becomes one big season.
2: Yeah, it turns into the from the 20... 20 or the 2021 22 season to the 2021 23 season because it goes all the way through, and instead we extend the schedule to 162 games like we get in baseball.
0: Everyone makes it. the playoffs one versus yes. 32, well, like Light, lightning, lightning coyotes.
3: I had this idea, um, back during the pandemic when we were talking of the first like the 2020 playoffs and what they should do is have all 30 well, there's 32 teams now at the time of 31 all 32 teams 32 plays 31 31's the home team whoever wins moves on plays 29 and then whoever wins that moves on plays 28 whoever and then you just go all the way up so team number one only has to win one game whereas team 32 has to go all the way right now.
2: that's like uh it's like a mortal combat style tournament death. Yes.
1: the gauntlet it's
2: the yeah. gauntlet and 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 every
3: it's consecutive, so team thirty two would have to play you know thirty two consecutive days to win the championship. Yes. Yeah, it's
2: like when that you're in a little league, league, league tournament, and sometimes you have to play two <laughs> games in one day. That's uh, <laughs> the
0: old. This is one I think a lot of people remember. The old Edmonton minor hockey week, when you'd go to the oh, losers yeah. bracket and you'd have to play like four games in four days to like win the tournament.
2: Yeah, sometimes, sometimes you'd be leaders. in those. Sometimes you'd be in those Christmas tournaments when you were a kid, and all of a sudden you'd get bumped down a bracket, and you have to play a game immediately after the game you just lost. He was yeah. great honor hockey
3: week was low key, just chaos because every single player had to play two shifts each period, no matter what, yeah, but the periods were like twelve minute runtime. So if I you took that. a four minute penalty and you know like missed a good chunk of the period, then they had to really find a way to like shoehorn you on the ice.
2: Uh, I want to give a shout out to our friends at Cornerstone Insurance. Go check them out, cornerstoneins.ca. They've got all the products you need. Auto, residential, commercial, life insurance, whatever you need, they got it. Click on the Citizens of the Nation button on the left-hand side of your screen. You will find out why Cornerstone has been a family and employee-owned business here in Edmonton for the last 90 years. They've got all the products you need. Again, that's cornerstoneins.ca. on a little bit. Uh, one thing I want to say about uh, the Oilers just before we move on to the Olympics is the story of Jesse Pouliarvi testing positive for COVID while in Seattle and then flying back on a jet by himself. That's pretty sweet. I like to see that. I liked the idea of Jesse as a baller flying back from the U.S. on this special medevac plane just to get home for Christmas. Okay, I we'll love it. Like a spy Captain. Movie kind of
1: thing, yeah. Captain and the co and the co pilot five feet away from him.
2: Yep, they had to. So Mark Spector wrote about it yesterday at Sportsnet. They were talking about how they had to find special pilots that were cool, knowing that there was a guy that was COVID positive on the plane. Now Jesse was just sitting back there about five feet away, coming home by himself. I liked it. I liked
0: I it. Could call it JP in the PJ, right? But on what? Yes, a pull Yarvi in the private jet. JP in the PJ. Oh, I the PJ, like he was in PJ, like pajamas. I <laughs> Maybe
3: he, might
2: he was have been in pajamas. Uh, that's how I travel. I'm a big pajamas on the plane guy. Although really? that does get me pulled into secondary more often than not. But hey, you know what? That's life in the streets, baby.
3: I've really yeah. become in the pandemic uh, Adidas track pants in all situations guy.
2: Oh, that's that's I just a good look. look. That's a power look. But
3: the thing I like with the Adidas track pants specifically is that the pockets are zippered. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's, a, that's a game stuff. changer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm never going to lose stuff. i can swipe things from
0: me.
2: I've turned into a I big uh, champions gray sweatpants guy. That's just kind of my go-to look these days, and uh, I feel pretty good about it. I'm not. I'm not going to compromise or sacrifice. What's interesting about us going into the office for that half a minute when we're actually allowed is people actually had to put normal clothes on. I, I, I wore two around. pairs
3: of jeans. You wore two pairs of jeans at the same time. Yeah. You had like one on your body, like going over your (laughs) arm. Don't pretend (laughs) like
1: you didn't didn't notice that I was wearing two pairs of jeans, Cam. I was sitting in the office right next to you. You could have done done.
2: jeans under tearaways. And then when you got to the work setting, you let him know you were there for business.
1: No, I am a shorts guy usually. But yes, I did dust off the jeans for our two days in the office before Omicron.
2: (laughs) Uh, We touched on it already. No Olympics for the NHLers uh kind of saw this one coming for a little while now i just i don't want to talk about it too much because i kind of think everybody expected it i just want to say it's a bummer yeah i was hoping to see connor and sid and mckinnon on a line if even only for one shift i thought it would have been a lot of fun but unfortunately megatron has other plans and we're not allowed to do it
1: well and, and i you know, oh. i was just gonna say you know what enough is enough this Olympics, how many times are we going to have to go through this where, you know, we're trying to figure out insurance issues or we're trying to figure out who's going and what, who's going to have injuries. And now we got COVID throwing us out of it. Why don't we bring back the World Cup of Hockey and just stop pretending like the Olympics is the thing that it needs to be? Because the World run Cup the of Hockey sucks. No, but it's the exact play? same players Set play? it at better. the exact same time.
3: The, there, was a, there was a good point today Dave Hodge made it on Twitter and I'd never really yeah. thought of it this way but look at how soccer does it like the World Cup is the thing and the Olympics are the young guys going so make the Olympics the world juniors you know just have the best young guys at the time maybe some veterans mixed in it's kind of random players but there's a little bit of a flavor because you know the top 17 year olds in the mix so you'll watch Connor Bedard play with I don't know Chris like, Kelly sure Chris Kelly like Mark Arcabello. That kind of thing. And it's kind of neat. But then just make your World Cup better. Make it a thing.
0: I'm a purist. Yeah. I like the Olympics. I think the every four years but there. But if, the, if you're a purist,
2: if you're a purist, then that professional athletes should not be there. That, well, then you nope. just an elitist.
0: I'm my own. Yep. I'm an elitist. Then sure. Elitist. We'll change. I'm changing it. Tyler,
2: Tyler doesn't think that um,
3: the working class should play sports.
0: No, absolutely <laughs> not. He uh, thinks that
3: the only people that can play sports are those who own capital and own property and have the free time for luxury and travel. Yeah. Which
2: is exactly what you're saying.
3: And that's just so, insane.
2: If you're so not Tyler, a word, Tyler doesn't want any part of you.
1: Your your thought process is not an uncommon one. I'm excited to actually be able to pick your brain a little bit here. Mm -hmm. What is it about the Olympics? Like if I said the World Cup of Hockey, the next World Cup of Hockey is going to be 2024 or sorry, I guess 2026. And it's at the exact same time, the exact same format of players. It could be in the same damn country if you wanted it to be. What's different?
0: It's just not the same. Like they go to the Olympics. They're a part of the opening ceremonies. The stage feels bigger. The World Cup of Hockey feels like the NHL trying to make more money. And it just doesn't have the same feeling. And I know the IOC is like, Corrupted shit and also <laughs> terrible. I'm fully aware of that, but I just Glad live,
1: that you recognize that. There you go. I,
0: but I just I like living my life blissfully unaware of that and just saying no. The Olympics are a collection of the greatest athletes in the world, and I think hockey players should be a part of that, not a part of the World Cup of Hockey presented by Bridgestone, presented by Honda, that's played at some random point in an NHL city. Like, but who did Canada beat in the 2010 Winter or in the 2014 in Sochi? Who they beat in the gold medal game? Sweden. Sweden? Sweden. Who did Team Canada beat at the World Cup of Hockey in the finals? I don't remember. In Europe. Was it Team
3: Europe?
1: Europe.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> got I was
3: actually I was actually in Europe in the time, and I can tell you that there was not like a way to witness that tournament.
0: Well, yeah, like, exactly. Like it's just it's wrong. an like, NHL it like, thing. It's not a worldwide thing. It was a North America only thing. Like
3: we were the only ones like I think honestly, more people cheered for the millennial team, like the U 21 or whatever the fuck it was team than Canada yep. or the States. Like I did just argue that they, they were fine in the world cup, but uh, I don't know. That was corny. Like why did they do that? U 21 team? Like at well, least try and exactly.
1: my argument would be, is that the issue is, is that the Olympics still are an option. I, I would say that the Olympics aren't an option anymore. So you have to start to adapt that the world cup is going to be the way to do it or else we're just going Why to not the Olympics this every be an years. option next year, because they can't figure it out. Tyler, they, they got, figured it China out this year. It's, year. it's just a they, pandemic. They did figure it out, but it's a global pandemic. And so we've got another issue that comes into it, but what happens, what happens if there's a volcano that erupts the next time we have the Olympics, like Memphis, then City the NHL players don't go when, when they're in Italy and they can't go. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, what if there's a volcano the day before the world? cup of hockey dan then yeah
3: we will not be bothered
1: by it because it's sponsored by bridgestone and bridgestone would use their tires to get them over the volcano here's the problem
3: is they can't have the olympics in 2030 because it will be too warm on the planet for ice
1: there you go (laughs) what
0: I just know. The World Cup of hockey is cheesy and it's commercial and it's gimmicky and there's no chance to grow the game either. Like Cam, you just said It'll it. Be you
2: Olympics. Were, how dare the Olympics you? are not are not commercial. You don't think the Spengler Cup team is going to grow the game, how dare you? The I,
0: point is how many how many eyeballs are on the the gold medal game for the men's Olympic team worldwide there's a lot. And there's just not that for a World Cup of in, hockey. In
1: the countries that they're in, sure but i don't I don't know Tyler like i it's, I get what you're saying and i'm not and i'm not I'm not piling on you because i I just think that it's like it's a commonly held thought process right the World Cup is just looked down upon, but who's right? what do they hand out every time you win the player of the game award? It's a Tissot watch like it like that's sponsored by. That's sponsor, or is that the Olympics? No, I guess no, that's the really world Champions. But still, like, the, but that doesn't cheapen it. I don't know. Like, it's just I don't care about the sponsors. I just think that it's the best players, and you should have them in a tournament that's a little bit more controlled and a little bit more. Because I don't even agree that they go to the opening ceremonies, Tyler. Like, I, I can't remember a time where the players were all at the opening ceremonies. Maybe a few of them.
3: They did in Vancouver, did they
1: not? I, I, I think. A yeah, maybe was a yeah.
3: animal though, wasn't it? Wayne Gretzky was carrying the torch.
1: He did carry the point. torch, and but I don't think all the players were there. The other thing, too, with this year,
0: with this year, like the players probably would have gone if it wasn't in China. If this was in Norway or if this was in Sweden, then it would be way less of a conversation because those places probably wouldn't make you quarantine for five weeks. So, again, like the idea that they can't figure it out, Dan, is just totally false. They figured it out. They jumped over every hurdle they needed to for this Olympics. And I think they can in 2026. And I'm going to be optimistic and I'm going to sit at the feet of the IOC and praise them for the great (laughs) job they do.
3: Uh, I hate to argue against
0: both of you during that conversation. Yeah. which
2: was <laughs> it was a delicious
3: debate. I, I have uh, no idea what I'm contributing right now, rather than just like saying things.
0: Can I uh, end this on a bit of a fun note? Uh, our friend Chris Peters at DailyFaceoff.com has his projected rosters for the Olympics now that the Canadi- wait, or wait. Now that the NHL. Where is are Zam-
2: going? Rob Zamner located?
0: Okay, first line center. Se- I'm only going to go through the guys with Oilers connections. First line center, Ryan Spooner.
2: Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah.
0: All right. Third, third line right winger, Josh Curry. Oh,
2: mm-hmm. Shit, I forgot about Josh Curry. He was third, a really good AHLer.
0: Third line left winger, son of Steve, Adam Tambellini. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. uh, on the fourth line also, world junior superstar, Chris DiDomenico, who remembers that That's name. Not, he's not an Oilers connection at all. No, no Oilers connection, but I just remember him from the World Juniors. And uh, the extra skater is David DeHarnay. Well, How
3: dare they honestly. put him as
1: an extra skater?
3: That's, that's insulting. Little D, he's,
2: he's better than that. Little, Little D, D was always meant to be on the Olympic team, I think, probably. They should, right, they should, mm-hmm. they should just take the prospects, man. Just take the World Junior team. like who cares? Or the Edmonton prospects.
0: I think they should
2: uh, it's throw like together a triple A team from Canada. Yeah, why happens. not? Yeah, <laughs> let's see. Anyway, it's a bummer. The Olympics mm-hmm. are not happening for NHLers. I was looking forward to getting up and getting hammered at an obscene hour of the morning. Don't do that anyway. We could do that anyway. There's no reason why we couldn't. We'll just cheer on Ryan Spooner instead of Connor McDavid. Same, same. We just rewatch games from like the 2002 Olympics. That was a fun five one, actually. Yeah. That was a fun one. All right. So no Olympics. We are going to move on. A couple of things. We talked about the World Juniors. News came out yesterday. Half capacity at Rogers Place for both Oilers games and the World Juniors. Also, no concessions? Question mark? Doesn't look like you can have food or drinks in your seats or on the concourse. So that's going to make the game day experience a whole lot of fun.
3: Yeah, I couldn't go to a I'm not going to lie here, like can't go to a, a live sports without drinking a beer, so I'm not going to go to that.
0: I'm honestly kind of in the same boat. Like, I don't think I'll go to any Oilers games if I can't have a beer, or, like no. some popcorn, like, like
1: you entitled time. bunch you
0: no, not entitled. That's just my personal preference. We I we like having a beer. a
1: beer.
2: I have to have a beer or else I yeah, cannot. So attend. the move, the move I guess is you got to get just 2 a.m. hammered before okay. you go into the We yeah, don't encourage that, but I'm you just saying that's probably it. allegedly a move that I would probably try to do. You might
3: there. have to also consider how you're sneaking some stuff in.
0: Uh, uh, we, no, no, no
3: one. No, we're not talking that.
2: about that in the podcast? Okay. Mm-mm, no, We don't encourage any of that. We do not okay, encourage You're right. I that. would never do that. I but what I would suggest you maybe do <laughs> is get Tyler to sneak things in for you. And throw it. them down from the press box. Yeah, yeah so he'll be up in them... the press box and he'll just drop things down to you at your seat. So that's what we're going to work with. Tyler, do you still get blackout drunk in the press box?
0: No, you're not allowed to drink in the press box. Oh, because
2: What I kind of you snacks you get up there?
3: You were doing that, but...
0: Uh, there's usually like a couple... <laughs> I didn't even hear what you said, Cam. I, there's usually a couple little candy bowls, some popcorn, some pop, some coffee, tea, that kind of stuff.
2: Hmm. Mm. Well, you can. Have, so wait, I wonder if, if they're going to take that away in the press box now because you can't have any food at your seat or
0: <laughs> you imagine you're sitting there hungry as hell watching the Oilers and you look up and like Mark Specter's eating a bag of popcorn, just staring at you. And you're like, fuck.
2: well, if you if just there- leave the game. Cause you're hungry. <laughs> it's like, I'm out.
3: But what if you're there covering, like, you know, it's the world junior. Sometimes they'll have three consecutive games. Um, and you're there to watch all yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. Go to hell. What are you just not going to
0: eat anything? Go fuck yourself.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, no Bobby Nick's burgers are being sold at the World Juniors tournament or at Oilers Games beyond that. Well,
3: I'll watch so, that from home. That's fine.
2: So we'll just uh I want to end off the World Juniors thing. Unfortunately um, it's another bummer. Uh limiting attendance, also no food in, in the concessions. Like I wonder how are I I can't wait to see how both the NHL teams and they're gonna handle this from a ticket perspective. Like if you have a game, say the Oilers do play against the Flames on the 27th, you would imagine that there's a big chunk of the Saddle Dome that's sold out for that game. Who who gets to go? I would imagine season ticket holders would get priority, but I'm I'm curious to see how that is going to be divvied up if you've already in got Toronto tickets.
3: when um because Ontario put their restrictions in a bit before we did, so there was a Leafs game I think they were going to do. It wound up getting... Um, postponed because the more guys are on not list, but they prioritize season ticket holders. They said those in like the lower bowl who are a season ticket holder will will, will get back to the <laughs> game. Which I think kind of sucks. Yeah. I mean I understand yeah. the logic, but like if if you're a non season ticket holder and you've just purchased a game, like it could be the only game you were planning to go to that year. Mm-hmm. Whereas the season ticket holder goes to thirty three games. And well
2: there's also so. a lot a big chunk of the people down in the lower bowl that aren't the ones creating the atmosphere in the building. Oh yeah. Not the ones that are there to
3: party. Ghosts. The ones that show up halfway through the game with a suit,
2: yeah. Ugh. I don't not know. Like, we'll not see. like
3: us, uh, not like us, us gritty folks.
2: No, no, no. We're showing up in Adidas track suits and uh, and wife beaters, and we're just going up to the stands, four beers in our hands. If you're and looking for, stuck
3: in a two six between his legs, always. <laughs> if you're looking for
0: process. tickets, go check out our friends at FansFirst.ca. Ticket free purchase buying for all the Canadian clubs. Shout out to FansFirst.ca. <laughs>
2: All right. I uh, just want to end off the World Juniors talk on a positive. Just real quick, around the horn, what's your favorite World Juniors memory? That's it. I want to ask Tyler.
0: Um, Canada beating USA on new year's Eve at Roger or at Rexall place. I was lucky enough to be there. Um, it was a fantastic game. Jack Campbell, I think was in net for the USA and some guy in my section kept just going Campbell, you're a soup. And I thought that was funny. Um, and then the fans were chanting Chelsea dagger and all that shit. I just thought it was, I thought it was a really, really fun time. Um, the Jordan Eberle goal ranks up there for me as well. Um, that one was just insane. And every time I still watch it, I get chills. So those are my two.
2: Camp. Okay. um,
3: I went to the World Juniors in Buffalo uh, a few years ago. It was the year Kyler Yamamoto was there. He was the, the big oiler. Um, the outdoor game was really fun at the stadium, the Buffalo Bills play at. What is that new era Field? Uh It was so cold, like wet, windy, snowing, minus 25. Just fun. And I drank, I don't know, 710 beers to just to stay warm. And it was a gung show, but it was a blast. Like, oh. That was that was one of the coolest hockey games I've been to. Canada did lose to the States, but it was it was a cool one to watch.
2: Dan, what do you th- what do you got?
1: Uh, well, you guys may not have known this about me, but I was in Halifax for a time in my life, and really in the two thousand three year. Uh, You've been to Halifax, the uh, the World Juniors were hosted there, and man, like we we lost that game in uh, the oh. finals to Russia, but. The city was just like it was such a cool event to be a part of just because Halifax being a smaller town, having all those big name, big names in the city. Uh, I actually ended up procuring some of the Team Russia gear as a weird memory, because when the Russians come to were coming to the World Juniors, they were trading the stuff that the that the team had given them for like blue jeans and for cash because what they would then go this, back or? to Russia. Two thousand three, nineteen eighty. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> two thousand and three. Uh, the,
3: they allowed the Reds to cross the Berlin Wall. They,
2: they were giving them Beatles albums. American. Oh, uh, shit.
1: <laughs> uh, also, <laughs>
0: Shout out to uh, Jordan Tutu, who joined our show. Was yep. it last year or the year before that? To talk a little bit last about year. that 03 World Juniors. That was fun. Yes,
1: hyped up. For, thanks was to Hockey sick. Canada.
2: For me, the, the, my favorite World Juniors memory is kind of like... I don't know if I've almost aged out of the World Juniors, like my love of it as much as I used to have. But when I was younger, all of my buddies, we used to all get together for the... Um, the New Year's Eve game. Mm-hmm. And that's, we did it every year for four or five, six years. And just, that's kind of what I remember. I also loved, and this is just so stupid. It just, it makes my sense of humor happy was when Nail Yakupov came in <laughs> and he pretended he didn't speak any English or whatever. And it was really pissing the media off. That made me happy too. And then I just went to some random Sweden-Russia game last time I was here and I just had a good time. So world juniors memories. If you got them again, hit us up on radio podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Um,
0: do you remember the world juniors in there here when it was just Peter Mrazic going absolutely nuts and the crowd is just in love with him.
2: It was so good. That's the good part about the world juniors is you never know who's going to like come out as a, as a big story from the tournament. So we'll have Liam on Oilers nation covering a lot of the world juniors for us at Oilers nation.com. So watch, stuff, He's going to have a story coming up later today about this is a record year for Alberta-born players um, playing in the tournament. So that's pretty cool. So Liam's going to have some of that stuff as we go through the tournament as well. That kicks off, as always, on Boxing Day. Uh, Boys, it is time now for Ask the Idiots, presented by Buster's Pizza. As always, I'm going to tell you, there's a location near you. Buster's Pizza, they got the donaires, they got the pizza, they got everything you want, and I promise that you're going to love it. As we do every week, I've got the list of questions here for the boys, and they haven't seen any of these yet, so we're going to go first impressions on these. Let me see who I got on my screen first. I'm looking at you, Tyler, first. Question number one. Jay Fresh put out a list of the most annoying fan bases, and the Oilers landed (laughs) at number four. Top five most annoying fan base seem reasonable. I think so. What do you guys think? Tyler, you're first.
0: Oh, hell yeah, it does, man. Oilers fans are super annoying. Think about what we do. We literally just like bitch about penalties on Connor McDavid all the time. And then talk about how shitty our GMs are. Like, of course we're fucking annoying.
3: Cam. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, if people think we're annoying now, if this team ever goes ahead and wins the Stanley cup, It'll be something else to behold. We will be insufferable, <laughs> and it will be so funny. It'll be amazing.
1: Dan, yeah, I mean, the Oilers being number four is pretty good. It was the Canadians, the Bruins, and then the Leafs ahead of us, and the Leafs just absolutely broke that chart. It's <laughs> if you get a chance to see it, it is slanted <laughs> towards yeah. the Leafs. So, yeah, it's it's fun to be up there. I, it's good to know that we're annoying and that we we get our point across.
2: I'm with Cam. I'm with Cam. If the Oilers eventually start winning rounds in the playoffs, even let alone the Stanley Cup that I think is coming, um, I'm going to be insufferable. As much as I'm annoying on a daily basis already when it comes to the Edmonton Oilers, I will be absolutely insufferable on the Internet and I cannot wait for it. Uh, Question number two, Ask the Idiots for Buster's Pizza which is more unacceptable for an Oilers fan to wear one, a Calgary flames, blasty Jersey or two, a Carolina hurricanes Jersey. I'm looking at you, Mike Salami. And then as a bonus question on this, what would be the worst Jersey an Oilers fan could wear? Dan, I'm going to reverse the order. First question, which is more annoying, a blasty Jersey or a hurricanes Jersey?
1: I think it's more annoying is the blasty Jersey just because it's Calgary. Um, and the one that he's yelling or that 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 person that asked the question is mad about was an Ethan bear Jersey. So it's not as bad, but uh, yeah, I'd say the blasty Jersey. And then what's, what was the other part? It's
2: just worst Jersey at a weatherstand could wear.
1: I feel like for me, it's the Dallas stars Jersey that they wore back in 97 when they were beating us at like at reunion arena, like that, just, just it's, it's a nice Jersey, but does it ever just bring up horrible memories for me?
2: Cam, you're next up. Which one oh. is worse, a Flames blasty jersey or a Carolina Hurricanes jersey for another fan? Well, I mean, easily the Flames
3: one that does this comparable doesn't really make any sense because, I mean, like our beef with Carolina is not relevant anymore. Like, if you were wearing a 2006 Rod Brindamore jersey, then yeah, that's really bad. That's that's awful. But at the very least, like the blasty one, like it's like, you know, it's the provincial rival. It doesn't make any sense. But mm-hmm. if you're going to wear the worst possible oilers jersey to piss people off here then you'll wear either a Gretzky or a McDavid Leaks jersey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've seen I've yep. seen both.
3: That's so good. Yep. I've see I see I saw a Gretzky one at the one Leafs game I was at and I almost puked And I, I saw a McDavid one on the street but I couldn't get a photo of the guy unfortunately.
2: Uh Tyler, uh, Blasty or Hurricanes first and then second just worst jersey for an Oilers fan to wear.
0: Yeah, I don't think a lot of people have too much hate for, like, the Carolina Hurricanes anymore, except for Rick, who's, like, still holding onto that beef incredibly strongly, <laughs> like, we're lucky Rick isn't on this pod. It's the blasty one. It's a sick jersey, but if you're an Oilers fan, you can't wear it.
2: I'm gonna say, um... Yeah, Flames jersey's worse. Uh, the reason Mike was wearing the Bear jersey, he actually knows Ethan Bear, so... His... S- spoiler not- alert. <laughs> Wearing not your only, buddy's jersey is not weird to me. Not only was that
0: jersey for his buddy, but Ethan Bear like custom signed it with like a sweet message too. Like it was dope. I saw it up close. It was a sweet jersey. I was never. Then,
3: I don't. I don't even think if you if you like a guy on the Oilers and they go to a different team, I don't think it's that bad to continue liking them.
2: No. Uh, and then, just for me, worst jersey to wear. Um, this is. It's kind of similar to Cam's, but it's. A little bit different. So I think if you're one of those people that wore a Leafs jersey to the game against Toronto last week, and then immediately the next time you go in, you're wearing an weather's jersey because <laughs> the Leafs aren't there. To me, that's way worse. Uh, I don't like you double agents that are out there. I know you exist and I don't like it. All right. Working through ass idiots for Buster's pizza. I'm going to start with Cam on this one. Does Ken Holland try and make a play for Phil Kessel or Jacob Chitron? If yes, what would he give up?
3: I mean, uh, the rumor has been, uh, the the Chitron rumor has come, uh, Edmonton related rumor has come pretty much exclusively from natural or national level sources. I mean, it was Elliot Friedman talking about it being a fit. So the fact that I think Bob Stauffer kind of threw some water on that and said wildly and accurately, I mean, his tweet that he had, um, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he basically, it was largely, oh, they already have Darnell Nurse and Duncan Keith and a couple of young guys so that can't acquire Chitrin because you can only have two left-handed defensemen. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it didn't make any sense, but usually, you know, Stoffer's the propaganda guy. He knows what's going on. If they want to get people, you know, if they want to, if they're not going to acquire Chitrin, then what they're going to do is tell him to dump some water on the fire. So my guess is
2: it's not going to happen. Uh, Dan, Phil Kessel or Jacob Chitrin. If yes, what are you giving up?
1: Oh, I mean, it's yes. A thousand times on Jacob Chitrin. And like, there's, there's very few things that I'd be willing to give up with that kind of a contract. I, I'm just not a Phil Kessel guy. So he's a no for me, but like, I mean, you know, if the price is right and you're moving some money around and you taking back Phil Kessel, I'm not upset about it either.
2: Uh, Tyler. Phil
0: Kessel, Jacob Chichron. I'm in the same boat as Dan. I love the idea of getting a Jacob Chickron, but Phil Kessel, um, like he can't play defense, and the Oilers would probably benefit from getting a forward who's good defensively and can score, right? Like, I just don't think Phil Kessel brings you any sort of solution anywhere in this lineup. Never mind the fact that even if they retain half, he's like a three and a half million dollar cap hit at that point or three point two million. Um, so yeah, I don't see a fit with Phil Kessel at all. Would love the possibility of Chickrin. Um, if you're not acquiring Jacob Chikrin because you have Duncan Keith, I mean, I just don't understand that line of thinking whatsoever. So, uh, yeah, I'd love Chikrin wouldn't like, uh, Kessel.
2: I don't want Phil Kessel at all. This isn't 2005 anymore or whenever he was drafted, uh, Jacob Chikrin, obviously I would love to have him on the Oilers, but I'm actually going to, I think I, I actually agree with Mark Spector on this one. To get a guy like that, you're going to have to give up a lot of assets. The Oilers don't really have the assets to give up for that guy when there are bigger holes in the lineup. To me, I would rather if you're going to spend, I would rather spend on a guy who can score like a top six winger who can score uh, with those assets. They would probably have to give up for Jake Chickering, but I would also love to have him on the team. Um, next up, as it is for Buster's Pizza dot C.A. Tyler, you're first. Is Mike Smith now firmly in the fairy godmother role whereby he could show up and save the day at some point, but it's all very mysterious until then. He's being kind of propped up as a a guy who can come help save the team now.
0: Well, I was talking about the show that Caroline and I were going to do or are going to do tomorrow. And my biggest surprise is actually how well the goaltendings hung up even without Mike Smith there. Like I think if you would have told a lot of Oilers fans at the beginning of the season, you know, Mike Smith's going to have like three starts and then get hurt for the rest of the, you know, until January, at least. Um, I think a lot of Oilers fans would have been rightfully concerned. And I think Koskinen and Skinner for the role they've needed to fill have done a pretty good job. You're hoping a healthy Mike Smith can come in and give you some quality games, but That's not a guarantee. Like, yeah, he was good early in the season. His last game, he actually wasn't good though against Anaheim. And again, he's 39 years old. This is the risk. Remember they signed him for two years and everyone was like, Ooh, why would you sign a 39 year old goalie for two years? And it was like, well, come on. He was good last year. They owed him this blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, when you sign a player that old, you're taking a massive risk in terms of their health. And this is the side effect of that. Like there's no guarantee Mike Smith's ever healthy again. He could come back, play 10 games, tweak his leg again and be done. Like. I just I'm not overly confident that Smith's going to come back and be the answer, but I think the Oilers right now are certainly hoping for it, and I think they're honestly banking on it.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. I don't even uh, I don't know if I worry too much about Mike Smith being the savior because I'm not sure that goaltending is the number one problem. I mean, Stuart Skinner has been really good. Like, if 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 you basically just look at the Skinner in Kaskinen tandem. Koskinen's been, you know, mediocre. He has some good games. He has some bad games. And the is like 905 kind of thing. And then Skinner's right up there at range is like above 920, like around what Mike Smith's was last year. So we've pretty much gotten the exact goaltending we received last season. So I don't think it really matters. I guess the one positive thing, I'll jump off of what Tyler said, giving him the two-year deal, I think kind of spreads out the money a bit better. So if you do have to bury Mike Smith, then it's easier to do. But I think that might also just not be a problem because we might just never see him again. This might just be LTIR forever. And that's not the end of the world because it seems that Skinner is quite fine.
2: I'm going to jump in next, Dan. I'll save it for you last because you talk about goaltending all the time. Uh, I wrote about Mike Smith yesterday and random thoughts. I don't even think it's fair to expect him to come in and save the team, given that he's missed the last 26 games. I mean, the guy's started three. He's been gone since... The NHL is a very good league and it takes time for a guy that's missed that much time to knock off rust. And I don't even know if it's fair to expect him to play at a level that he was at last year, given the amount of time he's missed. Yeah. He he missed time last year and he came back and he was great, but just because that happened once doesn't necessarily mean it happens twice in a row. So I don't even think it's fair to expect him to do that. Uh, Dan, you talk about goaltending the most. I'll, I'll finish up this question with you.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, I think you're right. Bag milk in saying that, you know, he's not going to come back and fix it. But what I do think he might help with is given the team just that little bit of swagger. I, I have, been one of the people that kind of rolls my eyes at that mention but the more we see with with Mike Smith on this team and on the ice this team just gets fired up and rallied around him sometimes so even just having that element on your bench may help you out a little bit uh, you know obviously it's not something I can measure and so I can just say it and nobody's going to call me on it but I just think that that's kind of that's the thing that's the element that the Smith I'm excited to have him bring back to the team and then you're right I think it's going to take you know a couple weeks and he'll be back into into his competitive mode and then he'll be pushing for the net more and more.
2: Yeah, I mean, like to, to Dan's point, if like if they need Mike Smith to yell at them during the games to get fired up, why don't you just have him on the fucking bench then? <laughs> well, yeah. Stand him down by Stuart Skinner and he can yell at people from there.
3: Plus, the, best, the, best thing that, the best thing that Smith brings to the team beyond his goaltending, in my opinion, is his first pass. Yeah, that's the big yeah. advantage they're going to get if Smith comes back. Is he's the yep. best puck-moving defenseman?
0: I know you're I, joking, but I actually think they do they kind it. of miss that. Of course they do. I, I think it's good. I'm
3: not even being sarcastic. 100%. Like I, 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 unironically, really quite like Mike Smith. I think his net, like I don't think what Dan said is wrong. Like, no, uh, his vibe in that's like so entertaining.
1: It and gives it, it, gives it the team confidence,
3: and I think the pass a is a, a, a thing too. Like he, you know, especially on their power play too, the puck gets fired all the way down. And he can just rip it back to center ice, and they're they're there again. The other two guys, Skinner and Cosman, don't do that.
2: Yeah, I agree with... I miss his uh, his puck handling as well. It's kind of one of those things where you live by the sword, die by the sword with that sometimes, <laughs> but I I agree. Uh, next question, ask the idiots uh, what present do you hope... Oh, we answered that one already, so I'm going to do part two of this one. What is your favorite Christmas present you've ever received, Coomzee? Oh, that's hard.
3: Okay. Um... I think it would honestly be like, I, 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 it it was, um, yeah, okay, sure. I'll just tell the story. Um, yeah, I must've been like five years old and me and my sister (laughs) our combined gift that year. This for reference was 1998. we got the Nintendo 64 with, with Pokemon snap Mm -hmm. and my sister opened the box and I turned over to see what it was. And I literally pissed myself. (laughs) <laughs> In front of the tree, I, I, I keep sitting down. That's I saw so the Nintendo good. 64 with Pokemon Snap. I I, I, I had a spill.
2: Tyler, uh, I like awesome. this. I'm upset mostly that Tyler missed this story to go get a Columbus no, Blue Jackets you. jersey that he is not putting on.
0: I heard Cam you know pissed his pants. I got it. Oh,
2: okay. Well, there you go. I don't know if you who's gonna win. I pissed my pants for my Christmas present, but uh, I do this frequently. So
0: Mine is a before, Columbus but... Blue Jackets jersey. <laughs>
2: You got that for Christmas?
0: Yeah, it's signed by Rick Nash, my favorite player of all time. So I'm flexing.
2: There's Tyler. Dan, you're next up. Favorite Christmas present.
1: Well, mine is neither funny nor cool. Uh, mine is just the, the, I got it one Christmas when I was a kid, I got this, this digger, you know how like at playgrounds now they have those little like hand operated cranes that you can move yeah. around. Well, I got a, an at home version of that, that I could put anywhere I wanted. And so I absolutely destroyed my mom's backyard in that, like in that entire winter after getting that gift. So yeah, my big, I think it was like a Tyco brand digger is my favorite gift when I was a kid.
2: Uh, I don't remember what year it came out, but I got a PlayStation 2 for Christmas one year. That was very exciting. Oh, yeah. Also, when I was young, my favorite one just can made me think about it. I got a Super Nintendo with NHL 94 on it. So a Super Nintendo with NHL 94. So there you go. Uh, last question. Assi. it is for Buster's Pizza. We're sticking with the Christmas theme. Dan, I'm starting with you. Favorite and least favorite holiday foods or tradition?
1: Oh, easy, easy answer is stuffing. I am, a, you, I don't know if you can tell by looking at me, but I am a huge stuffing guy. Um, least favorite thing around Christmas is that one argument that just always happens and it leaves that dinge in the air. And uh, so, yeah, that'd probably be my least, my least favorite thing around the Christmas holidays.
2: Tyler, favorite and least favorite holiday food or tr- and tradition.
0: Um, you know, I've, I had a lot of fun traditions growing up. So like the, the thing we used to do is we used to go to my Baba's house out in Vegreville, and it's this tiny little house built in like, you know, the fifties or the sixties or whatever. And me and all my older cousins, um, we'd play mini sticks in our upstairs living room and her house was not built that well. And we played mini sticks. Like granted it was, we probably stopped when I was around 13, but my older cousins were in like their late teens, early twenties. And when you'd sit in the basement while we played mini sticks, it sounded like we were about to come through the fucking floor. And that is not an exaggeration at all. So that's one of those traditions I uh, really miss was getting to play mini sticks with my cousins. It was something I always looked forward to around the holidays. Um, a new tradition we kind of have at my house with just sort of my immediate family is uh, we make pierogies together every year. So we sat down this year, watched the Oilers and Kraken game, crushed out a whole bunch of pierogies that we're going to eat uh this coming friday on christmas eve actually so that's uh that's one of my favorites as well i'll sit there drink whiskey eat pierogies play crib with my with my siblings and my parents and have a good old time
2: uh my favorite tradition for the holidays is i'm actually really looking forward to it christmas eve we go to my sister's place and we just, there's food everywhere. I make this giant tub of boozy slush. That's just more vodka than it is anything else. So we have food, we have drinks. We watch oddly, we watch concerts instead of like holiday shows. So we just got tunes blast and there's nothing overly special about it. Apart from it's just fun. It's fun to eat and drink and all that shit. And then for favorite holiday food, I'm with Dan. I'm a big stuffing guy. Love stuffing. Can't wait for it every year. Same with Thanksgiving. I will murder the stuffing on those holidays. Least favorite. Get your fucking Brussels sprouts out of my face. I don't want them. Yeah. I don't need them. I don't like them. I don't want them. So all there you go. There's a Brussels sprouts. There's ask the idiots. I put the names for this week since I don't have my happy helpers around me in a randomizer. And I'm going to push. Go. We got a little spinning wheel here, <laughs> spinning wheel, spinning wheel. This is taking a long time. All right, there we go. Uh, this week's winner is Scott. Scott asked. Oh, Scott asked the favorite holiday food slash tradition question. Nice. So I will reach out to you, Scott, after you just won yourself a Buster's Pizza GC just for submitting a question easy as that. We do this every week. We got GCs to give away from our friends at Buster's Pizza. Go check them out at busterspizza.ca. I've got my out coming here for this podcast. So we got to get moving. Let's wrap it up with hot and cold performers. Tyler, get your buttons ready. We're going to work through these real quick because I got to bail. Dan, I'm starting with you first because you are on my screen first. Your Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week.
1: I uh, don't want to highlight it too much because it's just kind of a crappy season to have a bunch of negatives, but uh, it's going to go to those thieves that stole the catalytic catalytic converters from the F- Edmonton Food Bank. Uh, so, you know, yeah, good job, great effort. Thanks for thanks for ruining that one for them. Uh, but for everybody else listening, if you if you have a chance, please uh, reach out to the food bank and see what you can do to help them out. So yeah catalytic converter thieves you are my cold performer of the
2: week are you the way that you are i hate so much about the things that you choose to be comes you're up next deuce fog, a cold performer of the week uh i won't go into too much depth um nor will i point
3: fingers at any one place or party or leaning in specific but i would say that it's a problem that Healthcare is underfunded, and I will just leave it at that. Whoa!
2: Oh, get cold. I agree with that. Uh,
1: t- Coombs' guest spots—he doesn't miss. He doesn't miss. He has to take his.
2: He takes. I have it. to take my shots. I do. <laughs> Tyler, you're next up. spot and cold perform of the week.
0: Uh, Cam and I had a chance to interview our good friend, Eric Sobrowski on the last episode of Blue Jays Nation Radio. And how am I going to spin this into my cold performer of the week? Well, he was recently taken by the Cleveland Guardians in the MILB Rule 5 draft. And he gave us a little nugget of info while we were recording the podcast that he was, uh, he he almost became a Blue Jay. So that would have been great if our friend Eric Sobrowski would have been a member of the Blue Jays organization. So the fact that that didn't happen, I'm happy he's in Cleveland. Obviously, I'm still rooting for him, but come on. We couldn't have made the Blue Jays thing work. That fact, right there, that's my cold performer of the week. We have been
2: hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived. Uh, my Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week is just the sadness about having our Christmas party canceled. Today was supposed to be the nation Christmas party. We didn't do one last year. This year, we were all excited. To get together, we've got a bigger group than we've ever had. We were going to do a gift exchange. We were going to play some shinny today. Looking outside, it's snowing. It would have just made a really nice setting to play some shinny this afternoon. So the fact that we're unable, it's postponed. We're going to do it in January. But the fact that we're unable to do our Christmas party today as planned, going out, watching the oilers, getting greasy, all of the things that go into a nation Christmas party, it blows. Fuck you, Omicron. Cult Performer of the Week. That's a joke. That's an absolute joke is what it is. Flipping the ledger, hot performers of the week. Let's wrap it up. Tyler, end us off with some positive news. Your Deuce Falca, hot performer of the week. Uh, When the Vancouver
0: Canucks game got canceled the other day, their owner, Francesco Aquilini, went on Twitter and said that all the food from the arena was going to be donated to local charities. So I thought that was fantastic. And also a Philadelphia Flyers fan went on Twitter and uh, was upset. He said his wife spent like fifteen hundred dollars to fly him to Philly. He was going to watch his first ever Flyers game. She spent like their savings on the tickets and the flights and the Christmas present. And it got canceled six hours before guys like Cam Atkinson, Scott Lawton, James Van Riemsdyk stepped up on Twitter and were like, hey, don't worry, man. We'll take care of you. And they took care of him. So I think there's plans for him to like go see a game in the future when things aren't uh, obviously canceled. So uh, a couple people in the hockey world, a handful of them stepping up. They get my hot performer of the week.
2: The big guy is smoking hot. Coombs, you're up next. Deuce Vodka, hot performer of the week. Hot Performer of the Week is
3: all of the healthcare workers and all the pharmacists who are working longer, more difficult, more risky hours right now so that we can all get our booster shots so that we can be protected over the holiday break from this variant. Um, they are the ones that are filling holes in the system that is not adequate, and I praise them for that.
2: With some respect on my name. Nation Dan, next up, Deuce fucker Hot Performer of the Week.
1: Oh, well, he's uh, he's a friend of uh, ours. He's a friend of the Oilers. He works for the Cult of Hockey. Uh, but it's going to go to one Bruce McCurdy for having a astronaut or an asteroid named after him this week uh, for an astronaut named after him this week anyways congratulations to bruce mccurdy for having an asteroid named after you this week i know he's he's an astronomy enthusiast and that's got to be a pretty special accomplishment for him so deuce bruce mccurdy you get my hot performer of the week pour it on
2: uh, I'm going to just echo what Cam said for my Deuce Vodka hot form of the week. This past week, I had to go get tested for COVID. Thankfully, the result was negative. But the staff at the center I went to, they were incredibly friendly and patient. They answered every questions they, every question I had. They made it as easy and smooth as possible. They probably saw thousands of people like me that day but they still took time to slow it down and make sure that I was cool with everything. So the healthcare workers, I'm actually off to go get my booster shot right now. I know that the process will be just as smooth getting that done. So healthcare workers times two, you get my Deuce Vodka Hot Perform of the Week. And Does he have it
1: ready, Bagvilk? Do you think he has it ready?
2: That's a good question. We're going to see if Tyler has got his phone connected to. Oh, uh, <laughs> all right, online guy. All right. So I'm just going to end off episode 172, Voylers Nation Radio. <laughs> There we go. We're going to end off episode 172 of Oilers Nation Radio by thanking all of you guys. Wishing you a very Merry Christmas. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ON Radio Podcast. Send us your messages. DM your questions for Ask the Idiots. We'll be back at some point next week with a new episode. But until then, enjoy the holiday. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. Whatever you got going, stay safe. And that's it. That's Oilers Nation Radio episode 172 wrapping up. Oh, by the way, last thing I want to mention. We didn't even talk about it. Episode 172. Cam, who is the the 172nd ranked Edmonton Oiler in terms of points?
3: In all-time Oiler's number 172 score. Wow, that was a weird way to put that. <laughs> Number one hundred, yeah, that was bad. Number (laughs) one hundred and seventy-two in Oilers franchise history, all-time scoring is Corey Potter.
2: Woo! There you go. One last power play. One last hot performer for Corey Potter. This is episode one seventy-two. Merry Christmas, everybody.
1: Shout out Glenn Gullitson.
2: Best wish. Best wish. <laughs>
1: we say it at the same time? Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget
2: to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.